This comes out on my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. It'll be a it'll be a birthday episode. But it won't be anything other than <laughs> this part right here. That. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Nothing of uh, nothing other than that is related to my birthday, but I am um I'm getting old. How old are you? Twenty five? Twenty four? Yes. Twenty five. I'll be twenty five. On the day that this comes out will be my birthday and I'll be twenty five. And three days after that I will be twenty six. Yes. Happy birthday. Well, so I guess this is also your birthday. This is episode. just the birthday episode. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> just also re-release it uh on Sunday. It'll be fine. Yeah, just to remind people, just hey, by the way, it's also Josh's <laughs> birthday. Um our birthday present can be everyone telling their friends about our podcast. Tell everyone you know. Tell everyone you know. Like, follow, and subscribe, whatever the podcast Share it on your is. social media. Yeah, go on a date, tell a stranger about it. You don't even have to, we don't have to be your favorite podcast, but on your dating apps, be like, my favorite podcast is the weird and suspicious. Exactly. <laughs> It'll be perfect. Good conversation starter. I would small, put that. Small yeah. podcast, 10 out of 10. I'm Kirsten. I'm Joshua, and this is the weird and suspicious that's weird. That's suspicious. <laughs> also, we should have Kyla back in two weeks. But Oh yeah, because next week I'm not going to be here because I'll still be in the woods. Kyla will be in the desert. But You guys will be on camping trips separately, but together. But hers is a music festival camping trip. And mine is but. just vibing in Canada. I have um, some news articles that some people sent me about Giants to continue on my Giant Nice, nice. Part two of Giants. Yep. And I figured I would just read the news articles. I haven't read them yet. I figured we could all learn together. And if it's a terrible news article, I am sorry. I didn't reread it. (laughs) It's a... We all get to to enjoy or suffer together. Yep. So this is on mystery.xemtin3s.com. So I'm assuming this is not like a, it's a website, that's for sure. How reliable it is, is unknown. So it says, giants, according to tradition, were creatures that were so massive that they caused the earth to, I'm sorry, in 1940s, archaeologists in Argadiva, Romania, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong because I am who I am, oversaw an excavation in search of previous artifacts belonging to the, how would you pronounce this? It's D-A-C-I-N. D-A-C-I-N? Like the Dacian? The Dacian? Dacian, maybe? I don't know. Belonging to to Dacian Commander Beer Bista. This was a bad idea. I can't read these words. Anita Flora, now an elderly man, accompanied the archaeologist, and he was the one who removed a massive skull that was three times larger than ours, which is, I think, common. Um, Also in these pictures, this guy, I'm going to assume he's an average 
tallness guy. I don't think he's like six foot, but he's standing next to. I'll save this image so I can put it on the, on the, Instagram. But um, it's probably about like a five, four to five foot tall footprint. That's pretty fucking big. Um, remaining discovered. Four to five foot tall footprint. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that one. Crazy. That's what I would say how tall that is. About. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like four or okay. five feet, yeah. There's like, a, picture, a, wild a picture that'll be on the Instagram later yes. of uh, forcing Kristen to do more work. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have a day job like you guys, so <laughs> there's no reason. <laughs> It'd be like that. Romanians discovered massive gold bracelets when he found the archaeologist um nope when he informed the archaeologist of her findings that just didn't even make sense it would be of his findings oh i'm gonna go ahead and take a wild yes that this may not be real by the way that they can't even get the right pronouns correct it also might have been poorly translated mm-hmm. that's true if this is a romanian person i can understand that okay so, um, so he went to the archaeologist and he's like, yeah, look what I found. And then he was fired right after that and researchers proceed to investigate the site. More than 800, or 800, no, more than 80 enormous skeletons were discovered by the conclusion of the excavation. No one actually knows where the skeletons are now in reality with locals of Skyeny? Ooh pronounced that wrong i'm sorry attempted to establish an apple orchard they uncovered an old cemetery of giants in 2009 a local television station began investigating the mountains i would say the word but i'm going to say it wrong it's b-u-c-e-g-i mountains shortly after the investigation's lead report received a phone call from an anonymous individual threatening the journalist with dire consequences if they continued or else something horrible would happen to them. The unidentified men, man hung up. What is happening? Um, hung up after saying that they were playing with very hazardous game. No one knows truly what happened there, or the investigators' purpose was. Since journalists are still refusing to talk about it, I'm assuming there is a lot of translation errors here. It sometimes uh, be like that, especially with a lot of things happening in different countries. The United States yeah. is not a not as old with history well, as a lot of other places. I also feel like when you're trying to translate almost anything, there's some words that just don't translate. Mm-hmm. A lot of things there are specific words for, or especially like if it's just something that was automatically translated like google translate knows the definitions of words but like how you say them means different things and it never really picks that up yeah and then there was a more remains of an ancient giant skeleton in iran they were digging in western iran and they had earthed a skeleton um surrounded by valuable effects i'm paraphrasing i'm not going to read it because i feel like that's where I fuck up or people fuck up with translations. Um, accounts of giants in ancient times were abandoned in the Northern Hemisphere. 
They were occupied by modern-day Iran. If anything, in the Middle East is one of the regions that are extremely rich in such narratives. So, apparently, I need to look into the Middle Eastern giant folklore because that seems to be a place where they have a lot. Uh, given its historical context and received discovery, a recent discovery of skeletons belonging to ancient giants become even more relevant. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. The whole, like, where the Bible took place was the Middle East, and so the whole David and Goliath thing, depending on how much truth there is to the story, like, it would make sense that there are at least stories of giants coming out from the area, or were. Yeah, I don't, I haven't really read the Bible. I mean, I did when I was younger, but I don't, I didn't retain any of it. But I knew that there was giants in it, and I guess that makes sense. And, I mean, there's some of this stuff to where, like, all this type of folklore shit where I'm, like, it's in so many different cultures back in the day that, like, there, I feel like there has to be some kind of truth. Like, all of these places aren't just making up the fact that there's giants when they can't even communicate communicate with each other and being like, yo, can we just say it's giants? And mm-hmm. then they're like, yeah, we're just going to say it's giants. And that's, like, the whole why people believe that there was a flood of some sort, like a great flood back in the day, because Mm. so many religions point to it, and, like, different things that we have in history, like, have a story of, like, the world resetting with a flood. Yeah. So, who knows? Who knows? But there's Mm. always a kernel of truth in most things. Yeah, I'm sure people exaggerated, too. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but they think that these giants lived sometime around 500 AD and his remain and this specific giant's remains were discovered at an archaeological, ooh, I have a hard time with words, dig in the Iranian province of Luristan. The artifact that surrounds his bones were carbon dated to the same time period, meaning that he was buried with his belongings. Well, that's nice to know. Back then, average male height was about 5 foot 3 inches. So I guess it's pretty short. Um, so a man standing over 6'6 six, six was a literal giant among his peers. Josh. Um, <laughs> I could have been a giant. <laughs> I was born in the wrong century. Yeah. He would have probably been dwarfed by the elder generation giants. He would have so, been like, dwarfed. So, like, compared to the other giants, he would have been a dwarf. Yeah, basically, yeah. He okay. would have been made to seem short by the But he was so giants. taller than the average person by at least mm-hmm. a foot. Which means that the elder giants were probably as tall. Because that goes back to last episode where you talked about how, like, a lot of the giants were are, like... Over seven feet. Yeah, over seven feet is considered to be, like, a giant skeleton where our original thoughts are, like, as big as a house, but maybe the elder giants were that tall, like... They believe that the reason that there's no more giants is because they were watered down through successful breeding with regular-sized humans. So people were just, like, disgusted by giants and didn't want to breed with them, I guess. No, Which no. I believe, or no. It, it's saying that 
if a giant person and a normal person have a kid, then they get like slightly shorter, and that oh, just kept happening with regular size people. Okay. Yeah, yep. And so I that just kept happening until everyone. So, like people are today, everyone's obsessed with tall people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a thing <laughs> with women. They're like, "Ew, tall men." There's um, a comedian that has a bit about it. Her name is Kern Fisher. And she's like, when they're that tall, you don't know what they could be doing up there. They could be cheating. Because <laughs> you can't even see them. <laughs> I'm like, that's true. <laughs> you know, you bring up some good points. <laughs> bring up, yeah, she brings up some good <laughs> points. <laughs> I'm like, never thought about it. But I, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> uh um, and there's just more stuff about it. I don't want to read all of that. Okay. I'm sorry. I could go more into it, but... That's fine. There's a lot of words that I know I'm going to mess up. So, I wrote down some stuff. So, I'm going to now talk about giants as far as Greek mythology goes. Because I feel like that... I don't know if that's where it starts. Does Greek mythology start before, like, Christ and all of that? Um, I believe so. Um, okay. Because, like, Greek and Roman, and I think Roman mythology, I don't know which came first, they're about the same. But either way, it was, like, mid to late Rome that Christ existed on the planet and Christianity started. Because even before, like, that, I, what was the equivalent of Christianity was Judaism. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest... After reading some Greek mythology shit, I would have loved to have grown up with this ideology because it's just so much more fun and just so much more out there that I'm just like, oh yeah, I (laughs) really want to adding to our vacation plans. I know you said something about the cruise in Mexico. (laughs) I just Um, want to try Mexican Coke, (laughs) Coca Cola, not cocaine. (laughs) Either way, honestly, but um. I really want to go on a cruise on the Mediterranean that stops by, like, I want to go to Rome for a few days, and then there's cruises that'll stop by Crete and Athens, and a couple of other places. But I really want to go to, like, the museums and places out there, because, like, all of the deities and mythology back then is super interesting. Yeah, that would be fun. I went to Serbia, and they're super close to Greece, Mm. which... She was telling me about a lot of their stuff, which I don't remember because I was like 18, but it's a real wild place. Really pretty. Um, Surprisingly, most people are like, why'd you go there? And I'm like, it's actually a beautiful country. Um, All right. So, Greek mythology. Um, They are giant humanoids and they are destructive and they're not very friendly, which I feel like that's what most people picture giants all people yep mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like most people picture giants as not being friendly um so they have a couple different kinds of giants so they have just like giant humans and then giant deities so the first giants did come from the gods born from the blood that fell from uranus i think that's how you say it it's spelled like uranus but i'm pretty sure they pronounce it differently um like uranus uranus or something like that mm-hmm. so when he was castrated is when his blood fell and created the Titans. And from that came the son of Cronus. 
I already forgot a lot of this because I did these, you know, so a couple weeks ago. Um, so Gia, who is literally the god of everything, she is known as Earth. Like that is what they refer to as the Earth god, essentially, I guess. So she mothered six female and six male titans, and they looked like humans, but they were big and they were the deities. And then three cyclopes, and they were the one-eyed giants. And then three heck—I'm oh, going to mess this up. Hecatonteries. I know I'm saying don't, it wrong. Don't look at me for confirmation. I have, I have no idea. Hecta, how do you spell it? H e c a t o n c h e i r e s. Oh, uh, let's. It's a really big word. Oh, the hundred hand. Oh, hecton. Yes. Hecton cherries. I'm guessing it's hecton, and then yeah. Hecton cherries. Hecton cherries. Sure. We'll go sure. Yep. They had fifty heads and a hundred hands, and they did not resemble closely to humans as much as the Titans did. And Uranus found them so awful and disgusting when they were born. They shoved he literally shoved them back inside of Gia. Gia. Was like, got no, you. you gotta go back. <laughs> yeah. Or return He's like, I think this is how you return them. <laughs> yeah, this not, don't out, try that at home. <laughs> came out with too many hands, just send it back. You'll get a new one in five to ten business days. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah. Um, so they were the first to be born twice, and that's where the saying born twice or born again twice or something like that comes from because that is a saying i don't know when i've heard it or when i've ever used it probably never but that's where it comes from so when cronus took uranus's position he showed just as much disdain for his non-titan siblings and he um so he was the one that castrated uranus and then when he did that he, which doesn't make sense. So the giants came from his castration, but his giant son was the one to castrate him. So the giants and the titans are different. Like the titans were basically the precursor to gods. Did, were they born before the other giants? Because of what yeah. I read is they were all born together. No, I'm pretty sure... Um, the titans came from from like regular sexual intercourse no they were gods none of them came from regular sexual intercourse well Uh, the titans came from uranus and gaia yeah Um, gaia i'm sorry i'm pronouncing everything wrong it's so how did they come about you know fair enough i really have no idea i'm not a uh Greek mythology I'm not a Greek mythology expert, no. I should call my old professor for mythology and be like, (laughs) how do you think the sexual liaison happened? (laughs) Yeah, can you please explain? Gaia and Uranus. How how did that happen? Can you draw me a diagram? (laughs) I'm sure that's not a question they get often. Like, was it through regular intercourse or what? Someone please explain. Just... I have no idea if you're gonna have to censor this. Uh, he he just came onto the land and they sprouted out. It's fine. Oh, okay. Well, I think we don't need to. Okay. Well, it. it said okay. It said when he castrated him, 
that that blood impregnated her with the three Uranus um, fates, is what they're called, and numerous giants and malades known as the nymphs, which are also the fairies. We know that. Um, okay, so I think that the blood from him didn't create the Cyclops or the the ten uh, ten hands mm-hmm. fifty. I don't. It think... was just like regular, like I think his giants. blood created the human giants. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, we're learning together. I took these notes, but I don't know. Four and then together. Um, which also I think that's why. Because in some folklore, people believe that the giants and the fairies are related, but they did share a womb together from his castration, so maybe that is why. They're considered related or similar. At the very least, they're like siblings of some sort, so. Yeah. They're like, uh, I don't know. Calico cats and black cats. I don't fucking know. Just different breeds of cats. (laughs) Some are really tiny and some are really big. <laughs> um, so he castrated him and took power and he imprisoned the Cyclops and the Hecatronies. I'm so sorry. I'm saying it wrong. In Tartus or Tartarus and feared that they would rebel because of how awful they were treated. Cronus was scared that his children would also overthrow him, so he ate them all, all of his kids, except for one, which we know as Zeus. And then Zeus led them the... He was like, yo, if you come with me and you fight my dad, to, he said this to the Cyclops and the Hecatron, the ten-head, ten or fifty-headed people, um, that you will be free. So they're like, okay, let's do it. So, um, so these are different than the mean one-eyed giants, I guess. These ones weren't that mean. They were kind of nice. And the Hectonchers ended up guarding Tartarus when they were free after they all won. They imprisoned the Titans there. And then Gaia... Gia, whatever you want to call her, wanted to restore the natural balance, so she gave birth to Typhon, the father of monsters. So he is a giant with a torso of a man, wings, snakes for arms and legs. Each hand and leg has 50 snake heads and 100 or more snake heads coming from his torso. He um, only had one head that resembled a human, and his eyes and his mouth had fire in them, so it's a snake person, weird, a true monster. He was born only to dethrone and destroy the Olympians, and he tore through cities and set fire and destroyed them. The Olympians just watched, and they were scared... And turn themselves... So, okay, some of the Olympians were so scared that they just turned themselves into some type of animal slash bird and fled to Egypt. Zeus stayed behind amongst the other ones, and they fought, and Typhon wouldn't kill him, though he just wanted to humiliate him. So he took all of his tendons. That's a weird way to humiliate someone. Honestly, it does feel kind of awful, though. I can only imagine... 
trying to. You can't walk without, without those, right? No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't really you do a whole just lot. <laughs> be there. I think you can probably move yourself with like your muscles, but it, it wouldn't be easy. But don't your muscles kind of, or the like, tendons kind of connect your muscles to the other, other yeah, muscle groups? Yep. Nope. You are entirely correct. You just kind of, you, you just. I was like, move. I don't think you could bend your knee or move your feet <laughs> or your hands or bend your elbows. <laughs> um. Ba, ba, ba. Um, some of the other gods fought him and somehow got back Zeus's tendons. Ooh, Zeus's tendons and gave him back. He was like, here you go. Now you can move. So he casted or hang on. Um, so they had a second fight and this time Zeus won because he struck him with lightning or thunder or whatever it is his power is. But they both kind of go hand in hand. So he Casted Typhon to Tartarus, and some believe that he is under Mount Etna, when, and whenever the volcano rumbles, it's him trying to escape. And Typhon did marry other monsters, uh, marry another monster, Achinda? Achinda? I don't know how you say Achidna? it. Achidna? It's like Maybe. a hedgehog, I think. Wait, is it? And they had a bunch of monster babies, and some were... Cyrus, don't know that. Oh, the three-headed hound. Um, one of the famous ones is the three-headed hound that guards hell. So that was one of his kids, and he's also the father of typhoons. And the giant Tomaki. Mar- uh, I could have spelled that wrong. There's, I don't I know if that's correct. Giant Tomaki. Yeah. Okay. Was the War of the Giants and the Gods. So most of this info came from paintings and the paintings on pottery. Like in the one where Kyla covered sirens, I posted a picture of the sirens on a pot. So that's kind of a lot of the Greek mythology paintings is on pottery. If you go to the Detroit Museum, there's a bunch of them there. A shit ton of them um, from Greek mythology. So they're old as fuck. And they're super cool to look at. Um, but by looking at these things is kind of how they gathered how this war went down. Because no one really wrote it down. So that you're just like looking at a painting and taking a wild guess. Which also like art is to people's interpretation of it. So it's kind of up in the air on how well it went down. And there's some of these where you can see them all fighting the giants versus the Olympians. I think. Um, that's what I said. <laughs> I had a lot to drink. I'm sorry. Um, I delayed the podcast by too long. Yeah, and this well, is I've just all been drinking fault. since like <laughs> we were supposed to start at 6 p.m. I delayed us until 10 p.m. Uh, this is anything. This is all my fault. Please, listeners, blame me. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I told my mom I was like, I gotta stop and get alcohol, and she's like, Why? And I was like, we're recording the podcast. Well, you can't <laughs> the podcast sober? I mean, I could. It's just not no, as fun. No, it's not as fun. Yeah. Um, so they believed that this war took place on the peninsula in Macedonia, which is just north of Greece and south of Serbia, kind of where I was. Um, and I think Gaia slash Gia, um, it was 
the reason for this was that she was continuing her revenge on the Olympians for how they treated her children and putting them in Tartarus, mostly the Titans. And in part of the battle, they were at Olympus and struck down, and then they were struck down by Zeus's lightning. And then from their blood, Gaia created new giants that also hated the gods, and the gods needed a mortal to kill the giants. And then that's where Hercules came. And the only reason that they were to win the war was because of Hercules. And it ends with the giants dying and the gods winning. Now, the story of Hercules I'm not going to get into because I feel like his whole story is separate from the giants. Would be an entire another episode. Oh, yeah. Greek mythology is one. Um, it is deep. Yeah, it is. It is, I think, um, just as much information as the Bible Mm-hmm. I would assume. If not more. Uh, yeah. There's a lot to Greek, Greek and Roman mythology. They kind of go hand in hand, but yeah, it is. But like, how can she be so mad? So her grandchildren were the ones that overthrew the Titans, and then she was mad at her grandchildren for putting the Titans in Tartarus. But you're not mad at your child for putting your other children in Tartarus because they were just ugly? Just because or they had fifty heads and a hundred he hands. Ate his own children, like yeah, she's you're fine just, with that. She's just playing favorites, honestly. Her yeah. firstborn, the Titans, just just really was way too attached to them, honestly. Mm. You know those one-eyed giants. I'm not against. You know, if you need glasses, you only need one lens instead of two. Well, really, just <laughs> very cost-effective, only having one eye. You're completely honest. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so, um, I'll come back maybe later on in some episodes with Giants stuff. Possibly. But that's it for today. Possibly. Today's going to be a mid mid to short episode. Um, uh, I have yeah. the last of the Staircase in the Woods stories. So we're going to go through the last of them from the search and rescue officer that posted these. You know, when I originally was telling my mom's husband about us doing these, and yeah. he was asking the type of stuff that I was talking about, and I was like, There's, like, the staircase in the woods. And he was like, I don't understand how you can even make one episode out of that. And he said, that seems like the end of that. And I was like, no, we can do it. And then here we are on, like, three, three? I think episodes. it's going to be three. <laughs> I started it forever ago and just yeah. moved on to other things. But... Uh... Will you touch on what they... What, where it go where i'm stuttering a lot i'm sorry where you end up if you go like up the staircases yeah i don't think it like always teleports you i think that that was one of the stories was where they like just disappeared yeah but um i think it's just saying that like if you touch the staircase at all bad things will happen and like if you climb up the staircase just like bad things in general will happen. It's like putting bad karma into the world. And with a lot of these, they're searching rescue officers, they're trying to find missing people, and then the trail goes dead is one of the big ones. Or they, like, find somebody that has only been missing for a couple of hours dead when they expected it to be, like, a very quick turnaround. Yeah. And so that stuff uh, always interests me because, like, the elevator thing and all that shit. I feel like mm-hmm. 
they all kind of have their own kind of alternate universe that they lead you to. And it could just be the whole like dimensional thing where um, there might be different points that you can like see different dimensions, all of that fun stuff or like travel into them. And that yeah. could be like why, because there's no like clear explanation as to why they're there, but like where there aren't a lot of people, I guess, sometimes staircases glitch out. I don't know. It's like they thought about building more houses for people, and then they realized no one's going to be living in that part of the world. So they're just like, we'll stop at the staircase. Exactly. Or, like, if it's a different dimension, they're just like, ah, yeah, only the staircase made it. I don't know why. <laughs> why would just the staircase survive? Are they built better? Who knows? Um, but anywho, I will start going into, um, just one of the stories. A lot of these stories, um, the first couple were, like, first-hand accounts. A lot of these he started getting from other search and rescue officers. Um, this is one of the cases that he got one of these stories, um, from the search and rescue officer. I'm gonna read this as written so that my brain doesn't have to think too hard. I'll try my best not to switch uh, between first and second person. I don't think it's that confusing when you do it, so it's fine if you do. Um, But anyway, he, so this is um, talking to one of the people that was at this training app. He says, I'm really glad you decided um, to share the stories just because he had, sorry, this is somebody that had known that he was kind of posting these um, and like putting them out there, and so he approached the original poster, the original search and rescue officer, and uh, just kind of wanted to talk about the stories. And so he says, um, I asked him what he meant, or sorry, he says, I think it's important that people are aware of what's out there, especially since the Forest Service is doing such a good job at covering it all up. I asked him what he meant, and he said, what do you, what, do you mean? What do I mean? The lack of any kind of media attention, no coverage of missing kids or bodies miles from where they got lost in the first place. And um, they say that David Politis, who is somebody that wrote Missing 411 books, which are available, which is very similar stories to these, says that he hit this right on the head, that the Forest Service is doing everything they can just to keep people coming to the forest, even if it isn't safe. And um, he said, I mean, to be fair, it's not like these are happening every day, but the numbers add up and it's worth, worth looking into. So especially the stairs. It says, I was surprised you didn't mention the flipped ones. I didn't what know what he mean? was. Yeah, I said, I didn't know what he was talking about. I can't remember him ever talking about something like that. And he seemed kind of annoyed like that. Um, they didn't remember. It says, dude, I can't believe you've been on this long without seeing them. No one has told you about them? So I shrugged and asked him to elaborate. Well, there's the normal stairs, the ones that pop out when we're out of ways. I know you talk about them, but sometimes I run across ones that are flipped upside down. I guess it would be like if you had a doll house and the staircase was its own piece. If I'm just imagining take... that one picture where it's like 
all different kinds of directions, but like where it's upside down, but it's not upside down. You know what I mean? Um, the optical illusion with the staircases. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what it's I imagine. Exactly. Like it's upside down or inverted. It's very strange. But um, he says, I don't see them that often, but they're odd to say the least. It says it makes him think of footage shaken after a tornado when like houses are blown apart, but everything's kind of random things are left standing, just not where they're supposed to be. Um, and uh, he just was saying that he was scared about them. Oh, sorry. It says... Those ones freak me out more than the normal ones because, like, you can't really write them off as easily. If there's a staircase upside down in the forest, like, sometimes if it's just a staircase, you can be like, oh, there was an old house here and, like, most of it fell apart. Or, like, maybe there was a fire and the staircase was stone so it didn't burn, whatever. But the flip staircases are things that would, like, never be there. And so it's harder to write off. I wonder if when they see them, if they go and get someone to show them, if it's still flipped or even if it's still there. Honestly, I'm unsure. I'm going to be I hunting. feel like there should be, an, there should be an app where they show you all the staircases to where you could Drop I would avoid them. Yeah, I would avoid the staircases, but if you were really felt so inclined to go to one, you could. She'd be like, oh, by the way, there's a weird staircase but here. I think oh, they, this uh... one's upside down. I think that they try to not advertise where they are for the most part just because yeah, uh, people I die know. on them. <laughs> and so they don't really want uh, yeah. the random teenagers that read this story to be like, oh, let's go investigate one and then be the next missing people. Yeah, that makes sense. I understand that, I guess. <laughs> but um, anyway, the dude continues with a little bit of stories and he said... Um, he mentioned how often people get bothered by um, somebody in the woods that like doesn't have a face, kind of like that blurry man, like from last episode, like just where their face is concealed or they don't have a face. And um, he got really excited and told him that or that he'd seen something similar. It says, "I was out on a training exercise a few years ago. I was camped out in my tent and I heard something walking outside the camp." We're told not to wander far, which, you know. So I wondered if maybe it was a rookie who'd gotten up to pee and like couldn't find his way back. Because why else would somebody be randomly far away from the camp? And then um, he said, remember that guy in our group a few years back who almost fell down the mountains? Well, I'm paranoid about that happening again, so I got up to see what was going on. I went to the edge of the camp and I called to whoever it was and I told them the camp was this way, um, just in case they were lost. But they kept going back out into the woods and so I went after them. I know it was stupid, but I was half asleep and I just didn't really want to deal with somebody, some idiot getting hurt while they were supposed to be like on watch or together. So I followed this thing on a dead straight course for about a mile. Then it stopped on the edge of the river, and I could see the outline of it because the water was um, reflecting the moon, and it just and it looked just like an ordinary guy. He had a pack on, and it looked like he was facing me. I asked if he was okay, if he needed any help, and he just cocked his head like he didn't understand me. I always have a pocket knife on me, and it's got like a little um, thumb light attached to it. 
So I turned that on and lit up his chest so I wouldn't blind him. And he was breathing slow and deep. So I wondered if he was sleepwalking just because it didn't seem like somebody that had just ran out for a mile. So I went closer and asked him again if he was okay. And I moved the light up and something didn't really seem right. So I stopped. He kept breathing in these really slow, deep, rhythmic breaths. And I sort of gradually figured out what was um, throwing me off. And it was like he was pretending to breathe, but not actually doing it. His breaths were too even and deep, and all of his movements were very, like, exaggerated. Like, his shoulders and his chest were moving um, pretty, like, far. More than you would if you were just normally breathing. I'm imagining Bella after she becomes a vampire in Twilight. When they're like, (laughs) move your shoulders. (laughs) I have not seen that, but I can only imagine... Um, I never made it that far into the Twilight <laughs> You're series. You're like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I think I watched, I know I watched the first movie on opening day in the theater, and I want to say I did the second movie on opening weekend, and then I never continued to watch them. Well, they tell her to hold her breath so she doesn't smell the humans, so she doesn't want to drink them, but they're like, but you have to seem like you're breathing, so move your shoulders. So she's like, oh, I'm... In the in the book, I don't know if they cover it in the movie, but in the book, she's like does it over exaggerate, like exaggerates it at first. So in my head, I'm like, she's like, <laughs> just yeah. very obviously shoulders up and down, just shrugging them. <laughs> Basically, I what he was seeing, what I was seeing. Um, and so I told him to identify himself, and he just made this muffled noise. And I finally moved the light up, and um, I shit you not, this guy had no face, just smooth skin. I immediately freaked out, and I sort of fumbled with my light, but I saw him move towards me, but he didn't actually move. I don't know really how to explain it well. But one second, he was on the edge of the river, and the next, he was five feet from me. So I never looked away, I never blinked, and it was like he moved so fast that my brain just couldn't keep up. Um, I tripped and fell back, and I could kind of see like something like a line, a line opening up on his throat. And it stretched up to his ears, and his head tilted back. And it was like he was smiling, just like with his throat. And it wasn't like bleeding or anything. It was just like a dark hole that kind of just like looked like a weird smile. And he said, I got up and I ran as fast as I could back to camp. I couldn't hear him following, but it always felt like he was right behind me, even though when I looked back, I couldn't see him. Um, and when I got back to camp, I called down, I calmed down. Um, the fire was still going, and I guess the pack mentality of there being other people around him and him not being alone a mile in the woods um, made him stop and breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I waited by the fire to see if he'd follow me there, but I didn't hear anything else for a few hours, so I went back to bed. So says, I know it sounds weird, but the whole thing was just so surreal that I almost um, that it was almost like I immediately wrote it off as my imagination. Just because, like, if you see that shit, like, you're not, you have to convince yourself that you're not crazy first. Well, I almost thought it was, like, a skinwalker until it was, like, the next smiley thing that kind of made me think otherwise. Yeah, I, 
I don't know, because, like, the Skinwalker is supposed to be, like, Shapeshifter, which is very similar, but I feel like they're, even, like, Skinwalkers, they usually, in stories, like, have faces. Yes. So that part also threw me off, but, like, usually it's, like, people feel like there's something off about them when they look at the faces. So maybe this guy just wasn't quite fully formed, I don't know. But the neck thing, the neck smiley thing. Yeah, either that or, like, if it wasn't fully formed and it just, like, was like, I need to smile to make him feel safe. And uh, it's just like, how do I smile? From ear to ear, right? And then just opens up the throat instead of the mouth. It's like, this is how people eat and smile, right? Their throat, not their mouth. Yeah, it it didn't really get a good look at the face. And so it just... was trying its best, yeah. just trying to guess as best as it could. It wasn't fully loaded. It was uh, still. <laughs> yes, okay. Downloading, I don't know. <laughs> um. Anyway, the next story is more of, it's still like an in the woods, but it was told as more of a ghost story. It wasn't while this person was working as a search and rescue officer. Um. She said that this that when she was a kid, her and her friend would used to go out in the woods behind her house. Um, she lived in northern Maine, where there's a lot of dense, unpopulated national forests. One of the places I'm going to move. Um, she said the woods up there aren't like they are um, down... It never really says exactly where he is from, but somewhere, I believe, in um, the Midwest. Is it was it the Midwest or more Southern? I think like the middle of the country, natural for or national forests. But um, he said like up in Maine, it was um, that like the trees can get so thick in places that they block out the sun almost completely. Yeah. And um, her and her friend grew up there, so they weren't really scared of being out there alone. But they always did maintain a sense of caution in certain areas around the forest. She said it was never really talked about, but they always knew not to go more than a mile or two out into the forest outside of their home. Um, The adults never said why, but it was also an unspoken rule that no one ventured out that far. And um, she and her friend made up stories about bears as big as houses that lived out there. And they used to scare each other by hiding and making growling noises while they searched for them. And she said one summer there was a series of awful storms that blew down a lot of trees and set one part of the forest a few miles behind her house on fire. So fire crews got it under control, but she said some of them came back not quite the same. The firefighters? Yeah. And it said, uh, it looked like they'd been to war. You could tell who'd gotten really scared because they had the same look on their faces. Something like shell shot. So my friend and I, uh, they were like walking dead people. They didn't, or my friend and I said they were like walking dead people. They didn't smile or say anything if you went up to them and most of them left town as soon as everything was over. Um, I asked my parents about it, but they said... They didn't know what I was talking about. And once the woods were safe again, my friend and I just decided to try and hike out to where the fire had been. They didn't tell their parents where they were going, and it was pretty exciting to them to think that they were disobeying and being a rebel youths. 
Uh, but he said we hiked out two miles or so and we started seeing burnt trees and stuff. And I remember my friend got really upset because we found the skeleton of a deer curled up under a tree. And I practically had to drag her away. Um, she wanted to bury it, but I didn't want her touching it because its antlers looked weird. And who knows, like, what was going on, if the fire even killed it or if it was sick, whatever. And so I can't remember why. I just remember thinking that there was something wrong with it and I didn't want us to go near it. And the further they went in, the more burnt everything got. And eventually they got to a point where there were no standing trees. So it felt like they were standing on another planet. Um, There was almost nothing green, just brown and black everywhere. And while they were just standing there looking at it, they both heard someone shouting in the distance. Um, They originally panicked because they thought it was their dad and that uh, he was going to like ground them or get them in trouble because they had gone too far into the woods. And um, it said that their friend broke off and went to hide behind a big rock because she didn't want to be caught either. Um, And her parents had told her not to go out into the woods at all, and she lied to them and told them she was going to a movie. Says, uh, I followed her, and we kept listening, and says that, uh, they felt like they could hear a voice out in the distance that was, like, slowly getting closer. And they, uh, eventually they realized that the voice was calling out for help. Says, I thought maybe it was some hiker who'd gotten lost and needed directions back to town um, that used to happen all the time, so they were used to helping people out. Says, I heard him following my voice, so I kept calling to him until I saw him running in the distance. He got closer, and I could see that his face was all red. I told my friend to give me her pack because she had a first aid kit, and I thought, um, like, they needed help. And, uh, I told, and I asked my friend for the first aid kit and she just kind of like made a noise, like she was grossed out. And, um, she asked like, did you see his face? And I just told her to shut up and started to jog out to meet him. So I stopped halfway when he stopped in front of me. I could see that his nose and lips and part of his forehead were all gone. It was like they had been just, like, sliced clean off, and he was bleeding pretty badly. And I saw that the knees of his pants were red, too. So I took a step back because I was too scared to move, and he grabbed my shoulders. Said it felt like I got shocked, and he jerked back, started babbling, and I just, like, couldn't uh, tell what he was saying at all, except he kept asking how long he'd been gone and where his unit was. Says, but I just shook my head because I didn't really understand what was happening. Says he looked me over and saw my Walkman and he screamed. He just kept babbling and touching his face. And it said, and then I realized he wasn't wearing the right clothing. He had some kind of weird gray cloth jacket and almost formal pants on. The jacket had weird buttons with red borders, and I just kept shaking my head and told him I couldn't understand what he was saying. I went to open the first aid kit, and he screamed again and said, Don't touch me. You'll make me go back there. And after that, he ran off, and I could hear him screaming the whole time. 
and uh, said when I couldn't hear him anymore, I turned around and my friend was just crying. Um, and said I just turned around and started walking back to town. She asked me over and over again what happened and who that was. But they didn't say anything. And when they got home, uh, I told her I didn't want to play in the woods anymore. Says that they're still friends, but they don't talk about it ever. That's so weird. Like, at first I was like, oh, maybe he was part of the fire department unit. Mm -hmm. But then his clothing, and then was like, I don't want to go back there, or whatever. Yeah, it makes it seem like there was some sort of war back there of some sort. Like, he didn't want to get the medical treatment, because he just thought he would be sent back to whatever front line. But well, was people there... literally moved away after all of that happened, too. Like, yeah, the, the firefighters, the firefighters that like, were, like, gone. back there. And so, who knows what was back in the woods that much, or if they saw similar shit, is what I would assume. Because, I mean, like, you see something like that, you just don't go back to work the next day. Yeah. How old were these girls, does it say? Uh, they were young. Let me see. I don't know if it had an exact age. It just said when she was a kid. So I would guess, like, if they're young, but they have to get permission to go places, but they might have been able to go to a movie by themselves, I would say, like, so maybe teenagers. Like, 10, 12. like low, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Would you send a 10 or a 12-year-old? Maybe a 12-year-old, but, like, a 10 or 11-year-old to the movie theater by themselves? I was 11 years old, and my dad was dropping me and my sister off at Universal Studios by ourselves. All day long. You know? So. Fair enough, yeah. I'm assuming she's at least our age now to where, if not older, to where dropping a kid off when they're that old is no big deal. That is fair. So, yeah, they could have been any age at all. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, because, like, I'm just also thinking, like, maybe... So maybe he's like a ghost from from the fire. Like, the firefighters seen some wild shit. And there's some stuff that went down, yeah. But this guy, it was like weeks later after the fire that the girls seen him. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's like a ghost and he died in whatever kind of weird fire battle there was. Maybe, or... <laughs> I mean, like, was that what firemen wore back in the day? Um, I feel like their outfits were probably always insulated at the very least. Hang on. I'm gonna Google it. History. Mm, Spots are wrong. Firefighter. Uniforms? I have no idea. Maybe it was, like, a Confederate uniform? Or... Well, so the firefighters in 1966 were blue, double-breasted serge tunic and trousers. So they were blue, but they were also, like, thick. Like, insulated. Oh, but, oh, oh, okay. I, you know what? So this was from 1866 to, I'm going to save this so i can post it um from 1936 that was the firefighter uniform okay so it was like older firefighters maybe and that would be interesting too like 
so they didn't ch- they didn't change from the Nomex suits, which is like the typical what we know, even if it's not the color, it's still like the insulated part of what we know until 1989. Yeah, so man, it would have been it could have been because even in 1974, that was the uniform. Interesting. Which looks very, very warlike outfit to me. Yeah, so who knows? And it very well could be just uh, either war or firefighters or even just some sort of public servant, whatever. <sighs> yeah. But yes. Well, I know that we used to play in the woods and, like, I don't know, not see scary shit, but we heard some weird shit. And we would go and play in the woods by ourselves unsupervised when we were, like, fucking six. So. You know, that is interesting. I don't think my parents, like, left me alone in the house until I was fucking 12. We weren't left alone. My mom was at work, and I think my dad worked third shift, so we kind of were just like, mm, we're just going to do whatever we want now. Fair enough. Because he enough. was sleeping. Yeah, I don't know. You know, there was a lot of questionable decisions, I'm sure, that a lot of parents made, not not just mine, back in the early 2000s. Fair, fair. Yeah, I, I think people are a lot more restrictive now. Which my parents were just kind of kind of like that, but uh, overall, I think they are. The thought that people let their like fourteen year old kids walk around at a park by themselves is just wild to me. Which like, I was at that age, but at the same time, I'm like, ugh. like thinking and, like, about it, it now, like how could you trust like that they're just not going to get kidnapped? And, like, it's even, it seems more realistic now because we have phones that you can track where when I was that age, you didn't have phones that you could track. True. Like, if you're gone, you're just gone. Yeah. But okay, this next story, I'm just going to continue. All of these are uh, just random stories from other search and rescue officers or people that just have in the woods stories that they were able to have people share with them. Heck yeah. And uh, so this one wanted to talk more about kind and um, in this one, they were kind of looking for somebody that had experience or thoughts about the Wendigos. And so this is a story that somebody shared basically thinking that it, what they interacted with was a Wendigo. It says, I grew up in Central Oregon, and there's a reservation called Warm Springs about an hour or two away from where I lived. So I only mention that because a lot of people in my area have friends there, and a lot of the land in that area belongs to that tribe. So when I was a kid, we used to go camping up there. Not on the reservation, of course, but like in that area. And I met a lot of kids who grew up there. I got to know one of the kids really well. His name was Nolan, and we ended up hanging out a lot when our families were in the same area. Our folks got to know each other, so we'd all get in touch and camp out around the same times. We'd camp out for around two weeks, and so they were out for usually long periods of time. And um, 
I asked him if he camped in an RV and uh, his, sorry, this is a side thing. The original poster asked if he camped in an RV and um, the person he was talking to said yes. My dad had one so it wasn't really camping, but they'd take their tents and set them out away from camp most nights. So I don't like sleeping in there because I like being outside, which is... uh, Sorry, I lost it's my okay. train of thought. Which, like, I, I know what you mean. Like, it, there's a difference between sleeping in a camper than sleeping in a tent. I've done both. There's a difference to both. It's nice being outside if the weather is good, and it's nice to be outside, but uh, sometimes it's but nice also, just like, to you. You could die. Fair, fair. <laughs> uh, so, anyway... Uh, one year, Nolan and I were out there. I think, um, we must have been around 12 or so. And we wanted to go out and camp near the river because we wanted to try night fishing. Um, I think we might have been about a third of a mile away from the main camp, uh, far enough that we really couldn't hear or see anyone else. Um, and I remember (laughs) that we were far enough away to, like, not too, too far, but far enough where, like, we didn't really interact with anyone else. So we were messing around most of the day. I don't really remember much about it, but we ended up building a fire at some point. And I was really impressed because he had this little flint tool or something that he used to start it. Um, I'd never seen anyone do that before, so I thought it was pretty cool. I got him to teach me how to do it, and we lit some stuff on fire. Um, which, looking back, was really stupid because it was the middle of fucking summer. Yeah. And yeah. If I remember correctly, the fire warning was at either yellow or orange. But thankfully, we didn't start anything major, and when it got dark, we sat around and talked about whatever it is 12-year-olds talk about. Don't really remember. So what I do remember is that at some point, he looked over my shoulder at the river and asked me if I could see something. The way that our camp was set up, we were about 10 feet from the river, and we were at the widest point, so it was probably about... 20 feet to the other bank. It gets hot up there in the summer, but the water is is still cold, which is important. It says, I looked over my shoulder and I could see something wading into the river on the other side. From where it looked, from where we were, it looked like a deer, but we really couldn't tell because of the fire. It, I got up to look closer and I saw a pair of antlers, so I figured it was a buck. But I thought it was weird that it was wading into the water and it was definitely heading towards us. Um, I asked Nolan what he thought we should do. And he just started looking, or he was just looking at the fire with this weird expression. And he told me to sit down and shut up. So I do. Because I'd never seen him act that way before. He started whispering at me and just said to ignore it and just to keep talking like they were. But um, I couldn't think of anything to say. He was saying an episode of some show, but I couldn't hear the deer coming through the water still, so I wasn't really paying attention to what he was talking about, and I kept trying to see over his shoulder. But every time I broke eye contact with him, he'd sort of hit me on the arm and make me look at him. So I wasn't really scared, but I was just sort of confused. But then I hear the deer come out of the water, and I could kind of make out what it looked like and realized it wasn't a deer 
because of whatever it was, it was walking on two legs. So I started to get up super freaked out, but Nolan just yanked me out and talked louder about his television show. And I could tell he was just as scared as I was, probably even more. He leaned in and poked the fire with a stick, and he whispered that whatever I do, I can't speak to it. Um, I could see it come closer, and it stood right behind Nolan's back. I was about ready to... So I was about ready to pee my pants. Um, And I probably think I'd have run off if I had been alone, but I didn't want to leave Nolan by himself. So I kept sitting really still and sneaking glances at it. It wasn't that tall, but the way that it moved was just wrong. Like, its center of balance was screwed up. So I can't really describe it, but it was kind of like it kept shifting too far forward. It just stood there behind Nolan for a long time, and eventually Nolan ran out of things to say, and we just kind of sat there for a second. Um, The fire was making noise, but I thought I could hear the thing talking in, like, a really, really low voice. Um... I couldn't hear what it was saying, and I leaned forward a little bit um, just to, like, see if I could, like, see anything. So I couldn't see his face, but I did see its eyes. They were cloudy and milky, and if you want to know what you look, what it looks like, find that scene from The Lord of the Rings where Frodo falls into that lake and all the dead people are floating around him. So that's what its Ooh. eyes looked like. Just two white eyes um, that were just floating basically above his friend's head and the really vague shape of antlers coming out of its head. So I don't know what my face looked like exactly, but um, at exactly that time, but Nolan and them both booked it out. They ran nonstop until they got back to the main camp. Says we both stopped once we were in front of my dad's RV and we couldn't see anything chasing us, so they just stood there and caught their breath. I asked him what the thing was, but he said he didn't know. He said his grandpa only warned him that if anything ever came up to um, us when we were out in the desert, that we are never, ever supposed to listen to it or talk to it. So I wanted to know if he had heard it talking too, and he said he'd only been able to understand was help you. Like he thought the thing was saying help you in that weird deep voice. I've heard that before. What do you, like out in the woods? No, I've heard other people that are out in the woods that have heard that from weird things though. Yeah. stories. Like they, like it's, a weird, like, they try to ask for help or try to say that they're going to give you help. It's a very weird, weird scenario. Um, so we ended up, I think we ended up sleeping in the RV with my parents. And the next night, they went back out and didn't see anything. Says, that does in a lot of ways remind me of the Wendigo legend. Since there's a phrase used to describe it that I think fits it perfectly, which is that the Wendigo is the spirit of lonely places. Since I know sometimes when I'm out in the wilds, when I know there's no one around me for miles and miles, I get this weird kind of craving that I can't really explain. I don't know if it happens to anyone else, but it's just like a desire to like consume. It's not like he craves anything particular, but it's just like there's kind of like a distracting hunger that you get when like you're out in the woods by yourself, which is interesting. I feel like I should go explore. 
Mm, you're about to, so. Honestly, unfortunately, I won't be by myself. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, you won't be by For, yourself. Fortunately, fortunately, I won't be by myself. Ooh, the woods kind of creep me out sometimes, though. Like, I do not like being in the woods at night. I used to be a camper with my family when we were really young. If someone was like, do you want to go camping at night? At this point, I would be like, absolutely no, thank you. Yeah, no. Uh, I like going overnight camping, but, like, trying to move around at night would sketch me out. Like, trying to do things. I don't think I could sleep in a tent at a campground at this point in my life. Honestly? I mean, I'm going to, so we'll find yeah. out. I should be fine. I think you'll be fine. I'm in Canada. Just... Everyone's nicer up there. I've tried camping in Canada, and, like, I did it. I didn't love it. But you did do it. But I did it. <laughs> it just wasn't... I don't know. There's just a whole lot. I don't know. It depends on the campground, I guess. Fair. I could I could camp in an RV or like a camper. Even a fucking pop-up camper I could camp in and be fine. But just not the tent. Not enough security in the tent. Uh, yeah. I sometimes camp in hammocks. Uh, or in a hammock because it's mine that I bring <laughs> with me. And so no. it's literally just like a hammock and a sleeping bag. And it has like a rain flying mosquito net, but like even less than a tent. Yeah, you're just, I mean, a bear wouldn't get you depending on how high you up you Oh, are, not very high. A bear definitely oh. could get me. A bear would get you. A bear would definitely <laughs> get me. A bear would get you. But yeah, so that is the last story that I have from this person. Well. I love them. I love I love Reddit stories. Honestly, I probably will continue with them. I'm a big in the woods kind of thing or kind of fan, so I'm gonna see if I can find more just different Wendigo and or any creepy thing in the woods stories. I'm sure you can find some good skinwalker ones. Yeah, yep, and that's basically what I'm gonna go for. I actually do know um uh, I did like go through a bunch of them and have sent them to one of my friends. So I just need to find that whole text chain and go over them again. Cause that was like yeah. years ago. We need um, to cover like the actual meaning of skinwalkers and shit. True. I will try to do research and come back with that. Cause we've covered skinwalker ranch a little bit, but not like super, super what the fuck skinwalkers are. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it will be good. It will be good. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Makes me wonder if I've ever had a skinwalker experience that I'm just not remembering because my brain's like too scary. Okay, so I need to tell this as a coherent story, but (laughs) I, eh, it'll be fine. I'll give the very brief synopsis of my trip to Canada. So, um, we went camping on Bruce Peninsula, and when we got there, it was me and my friend Tara, and neither of us were in good enough shape to try to go backwoods camping, but we did it anyway, because we're bad decision makers. Um, and we got to the campsite, or to the parking lot, and there were two trails that we could go from. One of them, sorry... We got to the place, and there were two trails that we can go from. Both of them had separate parking lots for the starting point, and we ended up at our campsite at the end of these trails. 
One of them was uh, through the woods. It was like eight or nine kilometers. Um, and we had gotten there a little bit later than anticipated already. And so we're like, oh, that might be a little bit long. The other side was um, getting pretty close to the cliffside and then walking along the cliffside back. And that was only like six kilometers, I believe, somewhere around there. And um, we were like, ah, we'll take the shorter path because, you know, we don't want to burn too much daylight because it was already getting late. And we get out there. And this path is the most death that I have ever experienced in my life. It was just like a bunch of ups and downs on like cliff edges. At one point, there was a spot where we had to drop down like five or six feet. Well, no, it was taller than me. So like six or seven feet and walk like a couple yards and then go directly back up because that's how this path went. And anyway, Overall, we were not prepared for this. We ended up having to camp just a little bit off of the trail because it was like the middle of the night and we had no idea how close to our campsite we were. And um, we just had to figure out something. And so we stopped. We like hung our food off of the edge of the cliff. And all night there was just fucking wolves out like somewhere in the distance howling. Super sketchy. Ended up uh, not making it to the campsite until the next day. But anyway, at this campsite, we could not find, like, anyone else there right away. Like, there was a couple of different spots, but there was, like, no one there. Except for one other group that had actually helped us get down to the campsite. Because we were struggling dying at that point. But one of the campsites had a bunch of stuff that was, like, packed up next to the campsite. And, like, their tent was there. But there was no person there. And we never ran into the person. And we ended up staying at that campsite for three days total, I believe. And never all of their stuff stayed there. Somebody else came that had that campsite. And so they just had to, like, move their stuff. It was very strange, very strange. But on one of the nights that we were there, there was like a little stone beach, not too, too far from where we were camping. We were kind of um, back by ourselves up a little hill, and it was uh, annoying to have to uh, climb up that hill back and forth every time we wanted to go down to the beach or try to get to the bathroom because they had a little composting toilet. But, um... It was, like, more secluded. But anyway, we were sitting down on the stone beach, not too far from where we were at, and we were just kind of, like, chilling, looking at the stars, trying to get pictures. And we were just, like, we thought we were, like, alone on this, like, beach thing. And some dude just, like, stands up, maybe, like, 20 feet from us, and then walks back into the, like, tree line. And mind you, the only other people that were camping there at the time in the area that we were at were these people that we already met and, like, were friendly with, and it wasn't one of them. And he just walked back. And I think that there might have been more campsites off on the other edge, but, like, we didn't see anyone. Like, the only people that we knew were there and interacted with, he was not part of that. 
And um, that night, so we got kind of freaked out by him, like, getting up and walking back into the woods. So we left pretty quick after that, and we had, like, headlamps, because we're nerds like that, um, to, like, light our way back. And, like, it was kind of sketchy, because we still had to go through, like, a little bit of woods to get back to our campsite. And we're like, I have no idea where this dude went. Like, don't see him again. No idea where he was. And so we went and um, just, like, got back to the camps, got back to the tent. And during that night, we heard something walking around our campsite. What if it was that guy's shit? Yeah, and that's, so we're pretty sure that it was, we, it was some large animal of some sort. Because at one point, it ended up knocking, like, a small tree down. Like, there was a tree, like, I could fit my hands around it. It wasn't, like, a thick tree, but it was really tall. Yeah. And um, whatever was walking, like, stepping around by our campsite was big enough to, like, knock that tree over. Because in the morning, like, that just there was an entire tree laying down that was not there. And we heard a bunch of crashing in the woods at the time. We didn't really know what it was. But um, we're pretty sure either something stepped on it or climbed on it. We're not positive that ended up knocking that tree over. And we had um, started packing that morning because we were heading out. And um, as we were, like, moving the tent, there was just, like, a pile of rocks. You know how, like, people will stack rocks up on each other? Yeah. It was just like that, sitting, like, on the corner of one of our, uh, there were, like, little wooden frames that we set up our tent on, and there was just, like, the rocks sitting on that corner, and neither of us knew how they had gotten there, because they weren't there when we first, like, arrived. So, at some point in the night, or possibly in the early morning, because we didn't tear down, like, right, right when we woke up, um, that tree got knocked over, and something had, like, made a little stone, like, stack by where our campsite was. No, absolutely not. I had no fucking idea what was going on, man. It was that dude, and it wasn't really that guy. That guy ended up dying, and a skinwalker took his body. That's what's fucking sketchy with that dude being missing at the same time. And That person's shit was there. That person definitely was missing. Yeah, like... There's no doubt about that. No idea. The people that we went with um, reported it. I have no idea what happened to, like, the end of the thing. But um, at one point, the people that... Sorry, not the people that we went with. The There was one group of people that helped us carry our stuff down. And I had to go out with them, which both was bad because I left Tara alone at the campsite, my friend that I yeah. went with. And then I also had to hike for three hours back by myself from where the Canadians took me. And so, probably not the best decision, but we didn't have the freakout thing until later that night. And so, um, it was just super sketchy. And, like, that was right after, like, the people that we knew that would be there left. And so, like, there shouldn't have been anyone else there. Like, we didn't didn't think that there would be anyone else at the campsite. So, super sketchy. 
whose stuff was there definitely just went missing in, the, in Canada. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I really wish that we were the ones to report it, which I don't even know. If you report that, like, do that ever even get back to you? I feel like you just have to, probably like, not. look it up, I guess. I feel like probably not because, like, also, like, there's there has to be some kind of, like, privacy in that. Like, if you were poor, I know, like, if you were poor something, someone for something in the U.S. for, like, a legal thing, they're like, all right, we'll investigate it. But, like, after this, we can't tell you anymore for privacy reasons. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh. That would be wild. See, that right there is why I don't camp. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it definitely is is a vibe. But yes, yes. That is the end of my <sighs> stories for the day. Yep. Well, good job. I loved all of them. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Thank you. <laughs> Alright, so. People. Email us. At the weird and suspicious at gmail.com. Let us hear some of your creepy stories. Someone has to have a creepy story. I've had, I've seen a ghost. Someone has to have seen something creepy. We have you know to what have I mean? some stories. Josh has a creepy camping story. I'm sure Kyla has many creepy stories. Probably. I'm sure Josh has more. I have more. I'm sure so, everyone has to have some, some something. Email us in. But, yes, thank you for joining us and thank you for listening. This is The Weird and Suspicious. Uh, I'm Joshua. I'm Kirsten. Also, um, Instagram, The Weird and Suspicious. Twitter, The Weird and Sus. Facebook, The Weird and Suspicious. And then that is that. Have a good night. Tell your friends for our birthday. Oh, yeah. Tell your friends for your birthday and also have a good night. Thank you. Have a good night. (laughs)